Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this is, of course, Jam Session, the podcast version 369, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. So we'll do our best to do that for you. Got some Cowboys notes. You got the Rangers going. You got the Stars in the playoffs. A lot to get to, but none of that is possible, especially without greening law. The great team, the green team, as they call them, Robert Greening and his staff there at Greening Law, they fight that legal battle for you. They do all the stuff behind the scenes. If you've had a car accident, if you've experienced malpractice from a physician, maybe a hospital, or you were injured on the premises of a business, anything where you were personally injured and it wasn't your fault and you got to get insurance involved, you want to pick up the phone and make that call to Greening Law and let their expertise go fighting for you because I'm telling you from personal experience, they're magic. No, so like Matt said, if you've been involved in something like that, you don't even have to think about it. Just pick up the phone, give them a call, 972-934-8900. Give them the details of your situation. And as I like to say, hope like heck that they bring you on as a client because Matt can tell you, you know, they walk you through the process. It can be long. It can be tedious. It can be intimidating. You going up against another big time insurance company. They do the fighting for you. All you do is worry about getting well. Matt can tell you that. And then they take care of everything else from uh, telling you what questions to prep for to handling your case to setting up doctor's appointments. They are one stop do it all service. And I'm telling you, pick up the phone 972-934-8900 and holler at them if you've been involved in anything that left you hurt that wasn't at the crib that's exactly right if you think you've got a case find out because the consultation is absolutely free 972-934-8900 let them know you heard about it on the jam session podcast they're going to get you taken care of with greening law it's robert greening offices dallas texas all right we don't really hear much from the dak hate hive anymore it Sometimes you do when he throws an interception and people go nuts. Will they win a Super Bowl with them? I have no idea. I, I kind of had said at the end of last season, I don't know that he is the guy. At what point, how deep into his career can he get and still get it done? I don't know. You Cowboys fans, you're not going to like to hear this. And, and we've been through this and, and it's funny. There's going to be outrage. But Jalen Hurts, the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, agreed to a contract extension that makes him the richest player in NFL history. 
a five-year, $255 million contract extension. That's an average of $51 million a year. It's the highest average number we've ever seen in the NFL. It's higher than what Aaron Rodgers is making this year, which is $50.3 million, with 179 and some change in guarantees to keep him in Philadelphia. A huge monster contract for a quarterback that just got his team to the Super Bowl. There are guys out there that are, they probably texted Jalen after that contract came through and said, hey, thanks, bro. Appreciate you. <laughs> Tell you right now, Joe Burrow did it. Lamar Jackson probably did it. Justin Herbert did it. And one Dak Prescott probably did it because now that we're seeing these quarterbacks that are just flying past what Patrick Mahomes was at, there's a handful of guys out there that are going to be 50 plus million dollar quarterbacks. And again, as we've said, if you want to shop in that neighborhood, that's the, the cost of buying that house. Dude, that's just what it is, man. Um, there's, I mean, there's nothing you can really say about it. That's what it is uh, at this level, at this time in the NFL, and it's only going to go up, bro. This, I mean, at some point, probably uh, in the next 10 years, you know exactly what you're going to get, man. You're going to get a $100 million a year quarterback. I mean, it's amazing, but yet you, you keep thinking about this, and I mean, the reality of it is 10 years from now, the salary cap is going to be $100 million more, if not more than that, than what it is right now. So you are going to see these numbers continue to go sky high. A quick aside, I think um, you're going to laugh probably, but I think the Kirk Cousins started all this. I think it was, I think everything was fine until the Washington couldn't figure out what to do with him, so they franchised him twice, and, and then he got that guaranteed yeah. money from, from uh, Minnesota, and everybody was like, so Kirk Cousins got eighty million guaranteed over three years. He's one notch above just a guy, and that meant all the good quarterbacks started getting paid. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, again, when Dak signed his contract, and everybody freaked out about it, and like this is ridiculous. He's not worth that. He's not that. You know, keep in mind, Dak is now making eleven million dollars less a season than Jalen Hurts is, because Dak's making forty million a year, and Hurts is at fifty one. Say, well, Hurts took a team to the Super Bowl. That's great. You know, and you can look at this. The reality of it is, to me, the Browns, because I think I would agree with you with the Kirk Cousins situation. Then the Browns came in and did what they did to Deshaun Watson, screwed it up for everybody because yes, they put him above Patrick Mahomes, gave him all that guaranteed money. And now other quarterbacks can look out there and go, what the hell has Deshaun Watson ever done? I've done what Deshaun Watson's done, so pay me. So then Kyler Murray gets his 46-1. And now all the other quarterbacks look and go, what the hell has Kyler Murray ever done? Nothing, bro. I've done what Kyler Murray's done. I got to get more than that. So I'm telling you right now, like, like if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm walking in. It, it starts. Is he going to get 51? I bet he's going to try. Is that going to happen where, hey, you're not Aaron Rodgers. You're, you're, you're not Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Joe Burrow signs a $52 million a year contract. You're not Joe Burrow. You haven't gotten a team to a Super Bowl, but you've done a hell of a lot more than Kyler Murray's ever done. Bro, it's um, that's just where we're going. I think Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow get paid somewhere along the same lines as Jalen Hurts. I think uh, Justin uh, out there with the Chargers, Herbert, I think he'll be a little bit less because he hadn't had the kind of playoff success those guys have had, let alone get to a Super Bowl. And then uh, Dak will be in the Justin Herbert range somewhere, wherever he settles, uh, unless he gets to a Super Bowl or, uh, you know, an NFC Championship game. 
It's a monster number, man. And you look at it now, Dak is now tied with Matt Stafford and he keeps dropping down this list. Or excuse me. He's also tied with Daniel Jones at $40 million a year. And they're all three, the eighth highest paid quarterback in the NFL, just a notch above Derek Carr. And that's that's where he slots out to me, man. And and we talked about this a couple years ago. Like this isn't, it's not going to last. And by the time Dak probably signs his next contract, which may be next off season, He's going, I, I would not think he's in the top 10 because he'll be passed by Joe Burrow and all those names that we just said. But man, when he signs that next one, it's not coming cheap. It's not coming cheap. Well, I'm going to tell you what, man, the, the interesting thing will be where it sits and how much success he has this year because as the numbers become more and more outrageous, you want more bang for your buck. And first round, one game, and then out playoff exit. It's not something you want to pay $50 million a year for or $45 million a year. Yeah, It ends up with the same old conversation like, well, if not Dak, then who? But, you know, at a certain point you just go, dude, we got to advance, man. If we're paying you this, we're paying you this because we're trying to win championships. We expect to win, compete for championships, and we're not there yet. Uh, If you win, no, we ain't got no problem paying that money, dog. But, you know, division round of exits, eh, we ain't really feeling that. So, it's a huge year for Dak, man. There's a lot of money out there to be made. There's a lot of money out there to be lost. That's very true because, to your point, they can say everything that they want to say, but he goes through this year and the Cowboys don't do something we haven't seen them do. And he has another year similar to last year and hasn't improved when they go out and make the move for Brandon Cooks and – He's got some weapons around him now, especially depending on what they do in the draft. You know, do you look at that and say, we, we can't give this dude $50 million a year? Oh, I don't even, I mean, I assume, now you know what happens when you assume, but I assume last year was an aberration. Uh, and for all the different reasons that we already know, uh, the receiver problem, that's the biggest issue to me. Uh, the running game faded. You know, Kellen Moore was good in some respects and not good in other respects. But whatever. Uh, I, I I look at last year as an aberration. If he has anything close to last year and they do the same thing, one and done, then frankly, Doug, I would really expect them to let him play out his contract and see where we go from there. Because then it becomes the question, okay, he's been here at that point nine years and we ain't done shit, relatively speaking. Why do we believe that he's now going to take us where he's never taken us when he was in his prime? Yeah, and, and that's, uh, again, part of this. Jalen Hurts is 24 years old. You know, Kyler Murray, when he signed his, was 24 years old. And that's part of this. Uh, Pat Mahomes was 24. Allen was 25 when they signed those deals. And so Dak's going to be 30 this summer. So he'll be maybe still 30, but he'll be, if say they sign him to an extension, he'll be going into his year 31 age season Obviously, quarterbacks we've seen have had great success in their 30s and have done a lot of good things, but that's usually based on because they've already gotten past that level in their 20s. They're not just achieving it for the first time in their 30s. It's going to be really interesting to see, depending on this season, but Dak can sit here and say, look, I've done what Kyler and Deshaun have done. Okay, but the Cowboys can counter that and say, you haven't done what Burrow, Hurts, Rodgers, and Wilson have done. Or even if Lamar is going to be up in that number as well, you haven't done what Lamar has done, which is win an NFL MVP, even if Lamar hasn't had a lot of playoff success like some of the other quarterbacks in that realm. True. Now, I mean, the Cowboys want to pay him. They hope they can pay him. So they're not going to nitpick him. 
But the the bottom line is, you know, you've had consecutive 12 win seasons. Uh, we expect you to have another double digit win season this year. But it's, I mean, hey man, it just is what it is. It's about playoff success. You got to figure out some way, somehow, to achieve it. And yes, it's a team game. But as my uh, my man Dion says, only the coach and the quarterback got a record next to their name. That's very true, man. That's exactly how it is. It it it's. We've talked about this many times. You you, you don't sit here and go, man. Uh, Tyron Smith, how many rings does he have? No, you just don't, bro. You don't do it like that. Nobody does. That's just the reality of the situation and how it plays out and the pressure of the quarterback position. I will that's say... Why those cats make $40 million and $50 million. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. The pressure's on them. I will say this. In, once again, here we are. Philadelphia Eagles, man, they get it done. They flat out get it done. And they find a way to get this done with their quarterback and keep him happy. They don't have a problem taking care of him. They find a way to bring in A.J. Brown, and, and, and they do these things where the Cowboys will tell you, well, you know, we don't have all that money to, to, to make these big moves and do these things. And here are the Eagles, fresh off a loss in the Super Bowl, recognizing, look, man, this window is here. Let's get this taken care of. You, you got to like what the Eagles have done in the last couple of offseasons. That's for sure. How about the fact that they took a $30 million cap hit and got rid of Carson Wentz once they figured out he couldn't play? Yep. Without hesitation. Like, this isn't a dude. Eat it. Let's go. Yeah. Like, let's move on. This is this is not what we thought it was going to be. There's no need to cry about it and whine about it and lie to ourselves. Let's just take this awful cap hit, get it all out of the way, and keep it moving. And this, and I ain't breaking no news here, dog, but this is why organizations win championships. This is why it matters what organization you get drafted into, uh, specifically if you're a quarterback, but other, but just as a player, it matters where you go, man. There's a reason why some organizations spend 30 and 40 years like Moses wandering around the desert, and some have an off year and catch, you know, fix whatever ailed them and get back to winning. Uh, you know, Steelers are one. You get drafted by the Steelers, you good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get drafted by the Jets, eh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Some organizations are great, some are average, and some are just raggedy. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we'll see how it all plays out. But, man, Jalen Hurts getting paid. Were you surprised at all by that number, that, that they went with $51 million and made Hurts the highest-paid player in NFL history? I'd say it's probably a little bit of a surprise just because such a big number. But, you know, man, Jalen Hurts is a quality dude. He's a quality guy. He's yeah. a quality player. And on that particular team, you know, what, how he plays and what he does really works. And the way they got their offense set up, it really works, especially if they, they add a, another running back. And here's the other thing, man. It's just me. And, again, I'm not breaking news here. He's much like Dak in this respect. It appears that he's the ultimate leader. Yes. So you're getting a really good player, really good player, not a great player, but a really, really good player who got off the chart in tangibles. And you've already seen, man. I mean, just look, I mean, this is who he is. Uh, the way he handled that demotion at Alabama mm -hmm. without bitching and moaning about it and then came in to save the day the next year. Uh, the way he went to Oklahoma and instantly took over the locker room and the team. And then the way he went to the NFL – Spent his year grinding when he got drafted in the second round and then, you know, proceeded to take advantage of it when he had opportunity. 
that to me appears to be who he is. He's just a phenomenal leader uh, who guys want to follow, who's a really good football player. And when you put that combination together, who doesn't want to pay him and have him in your locker room? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And, and that's part of that intangible believing that we found a guy that guys will rally behind that's a leader of men, which is I mean, one of those things, the quarterback position that you've got to have, which is why Carson Wentz bounces around from team to team to team. No, it is, bro. It's uh, And it's just real, man. I, I keep telling folks, Tony Romo, great quarterback, not a great leader. And people, oh, he did. No, that's the reason why Dak Prescott could take his job and nobody say anything about it. Yeah. Tony Romo was not a great leader. He's a really good quarterback, really, really good. But as a leader, on the field, he's fine. Two-minute drill, yeah, he can lead you down the field. But getting guys to want to play for you and rally behind you, Romo was not good at that. So we shall see how it turns out. And again, Cowboys approaching the NFL draft next week, and we'll do another mock draft coming up when we record our next episode as we continue here on the podcast. By the way, you guys didn't miss one. We didn't record on Sunday. I had family in town and had a lot going on this weekend. So uh, this is one of those time periods. That's going to happen from time to time, I think, over the course of the next few weeks because I'm going to be, I got stuff going on. Like my, the lady friend's mom is coming to visit this week. And then after that, my buddy Juan is coming to visit the next week. And then we're going to be in Nashville the weekend after that. And then I'm trying to remember, I'm going to be in Austin one weekend, so there won't be able, we won't be able to record for a Monday episode. I'm, I'm driving to Dallas one weekend. So, I mean, I've got these next several weeks for me, it's just going to be hit and miss on whether or not we can get out that Monday episode based on what's going on. Because I'm, I'm kind of all over the place and got a lot of things happening. But we can definitely always give you the minimum of two until things start to get back to normal, you know, throughout the course of the summer and on into the fall. But just so everybody is aware of that, because um, I know sometimes we don't do that Monday drops and people wonder what happened, what's going on. And that's just going to be the way that it is. So if you get one, awesome. If not, that's just kind of the way that life works out sometimes. Because this is, again, I mean, this is not how we make our living. So you got other things going on in life that somehow, you know, you, you end up getting busy and we try to make time to do this best we can. But from time to time, other things pop up and you do those. <laughs> so that's why there wasn't a Monday episode this past week that we're in. And so we'll see. Should be able to get one this upcoming week, I think. And then after that, we'll have to see. It may be another week or two after that. I'm not sure what the deal is with the next few weekends and what my availability will be on Sunday. Cause when I'm out of town traveling with all of my equipment is just, it's a pain. Cause I, I have all the main equipment to make all this stuff happen and edit and everything. Right. Which sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. So we'll see how it goes, but just wanted to have everybody on the same page with that. So don't freak out. We'll still be pushing it out. We have no plans to go away. Cause I know sometimes if we take two or three times off, People think that we've just stopped doing the podcast. If that ever occurs and we've decided to stop, we will for sure let you guys know that we are recording a final episode. But as we sit right now, I, I don't see that happening in the foreseeable future whatsoever. Nope. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see any of that. We no. like doing it. Yeah, we like doing it. We get to talk with you guys. It's fun. We hang out and, and, and enjoy it. So... This thing should keep rolling, man, and, and that's why we're looking for sponsors, and we, and we try to get people to help us out and with equipment, and 
and do all that kind of stuff. And you guys that support our sponsors and, and give them a call when you need something with your home or whatever the case may be, it continues to make this possible so that we can continue paying for not just our time, which we really don't pay ourselves that, that much at all, but a lot of this goes to equipment and some of the costs that we incur that, you know, the editing software and, and the podcasting platform and things like that to just, they're not free. <laughs> Somebody's got to pay for it. And that's why you guys help us when you take your car over to Freeway Tire Shop. One of our great sponsors, JR, has been with us for a long time. It helps us because JR helps us. And when you guys are helping him, it, it's a win-win for everybody. You get to experience elite customer service. You get your vehicle taken care of. It's something you got to do anyway. We all need those things, oil changes, tire rotations. Sometimes you got to buy new tires. You got to get over to Freeway Tire Shop, man. The mechanic that you can trust is right there just north of downtown Dallas. It's Freeway Tire Shop. No, nah, man, the thing about JR and the reason why I've, I've taken my cars uh, to him uh, religiously over the last few years is that you can simply trust him, man. It's like going to the doctor. Nobody goes to a doctor that they can't trust. I mean, you just don't do it because your health's too important. Well, there's nothing worse than an unreliable car, so you want to take your mechanic to somebody you trust, and you can do that at JR. Uh, as I like to tell you, uh, you can trust him to, number one, diagnose what the heck is wrong. You can trust him to use quality parts. You can trust him to charge you a fair price. How about that? No price gouging over there with JR. And then finally, man, you can trust him to stand behind his work. And so as I tell y'all, if your mechanic ain't doing every single one of those things, all of them, not three out of four, not two out of four, not doing all of them, then, hey, let's just keep it 100 you take you take your butt right up 35 north toward Denton, get off at Commonwealth. It's about five minutes from downtown. Go through the light, look to the right, pull into JR's lot and say, yo, dog, here's my car. Check it out. I need to get it fixed. That's what you need to do. It's easy, man. It's Freeway Tire Shop. You can check them out online if you'd like to do that. That's also easy to do at freewaytireshop.com. And then, of course, what you do, if you're at Freeway Tire Shop, we've talked about this, you can drop your car off and then you can swing over to Smokey John's Barbecue, which is like five minutes from there. And a, a lot of you guys have done this. We got a few pictures over the course of last weekend of some of you that had taken advantage of the jam session bowl over there, which I always love seeing. Like we had uh, the DFW cultural sports guy on Twitter send us a picture, says murdered this jam session bowl from Smokey John's. The sides were killer too. So much food for the price with a nice picture of his jam session bowl over the weekend. And somebody else had sent us one too. I was trying to find, but point being, man, it, it, you're not wrong. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal item. And Smokey John's is damn good barbecue. Dude, it's, it's sensational, man. And the jam session bowl, we keep telling y'all there's nobody who's tried it. Who hasn't said it's phenomenal. Not that it's pretty good. Not that it's I, that it's phenomenal, man. Cause it is. It's a bowl, all right? And it's got a macaroni and cheese or a mashed potato base to it. Then you get to pick two out of five smoked meats. Your boy usually goes with the brisket and the sausage, all right? And then, man, they put all that stuff on there that you find in the loaded baked potato. You know, the sour cream and the chives and the bacon bits and the butter. It's all that stuff, man. Then they drizzle it with that delicious sauce Matt likes to drink straight from mm -hmm. the bottle. It is to live for a thousand lives it is fantastic it i is. told you i went on a run i had about four in about six seven weeks it was terrible <laughs> and yet so good exactly so good so check that out man and, and don't forget they've they've upped their barbecue sauce and their rub they now have bottles twice the size for only 7.95 
It goes great. If you're grilling out, you're doing chickens, you're doing whatever it is, wings, all kinds of stuff, man. I mean, anything you can put rub or sauce on, you got to check out the sauce. That's what I enjoy at Smokey John's Barbecue. So look into that because those guys are great and we appreciate what they do for us. So a quick trip here around the block because I had a couple people mention this show and I had seen it on Netflix and I'd wanted to try it and we finally got around to it. And I will admit to this, a lot of the times on Sundays, because we enjoy going out, my parents were in town, and we'll kind of hang out and just chill. But there are a lot of times on Sundays, we will take some time to try to catch up on some things. And we started this on Sunday night, and I think we finished it on Monday, because we had time to, to maybe watch a couple episodes by the time everything wrapped up late on, on, on Sunday. And it's this, season, this show on Netflix called Beef. All right, I've heard about that. Which basically, it's really interesting because it's it's not that it's 100% Asian cast, but it is, I'd say, 90% Asian cast. And the really? main two characters are Steve Yin from, some of you may know him from The Walking Dead, and Ali Wong, who I think a lot of people are familiar with. She's a comedian that's been in a bunch of stuff. These are quick episodes. They're 30, 35 minutes each because it's a dark comedy. And... I'm not ruining anything by setting up episode one. It's a road rage incident between the two main characters that they can't let go. And it permeates their life throughout the course of the series. And you see how it affects them in different ways and how they sometimes it's it's very not good. The things that happen all because of this road rage incident that they experienced. It's not blatant humor. It, it's a dark comedy, so there's a lot of weird, screwy crap that happens in this. There's some fun characters and whatnot, but it, it's it's interesting, man. I mean, the whole premise of it is interesting because I think we all deal with road rage from time to time. And you see these examples. I mean, you hear about people that get killed during road rage incidents all the time because somebody can't let it go. And it's just wild to see when you hang on to something like this, the way that it can affect your life, your family, your personal life as you go through the it's 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 definitely worth the watch. I thought it was fantastic. That uh, that's a show I've been meaning to get into. But, you know, I went down the narcos rabbit hole for yeah. the last uh, yeah. week or so. So I haven't gotten to it, uh, but it's on my list to get to. Um, and part of it is, man. I've seen so much, so many road rage videos on Twitter in the last couple of weeks where people, are, I saw one yesterday in Dallas where people are getting out of their cars, fighting yeah, at intersections. That. And I'm just like, what is wrong with y'all? Um, especially when everybody's carrying these days. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, you know what, man? You just have to, I, I, unless you are just really egregious, I don't really even blow the horn anymore because people are just crazy, man. And whatever they did, as long as they didn't wreck your car, is I decided that today is really not worth dying for. <laughs> yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm at, man. And, and I've gotten a lot better at letting things go and, and not trying to visibly react to somebody. You know, there are still times where somebody will do something and you're just sitting there shaking your head going, I mean, what are you doing? You know, That's but a lot exactly of they're the just not even paying attention. You know, they're like, they're not even paying attention to you. And then you honk at them or flip them off and then they get pissed and they didn't even realize, you know, it's just, it's just not worth it. It's just not, it's not worth it at all to get involved in that type of crap. Like, did you see that last week where um, there's a road rage incident and I can't remember where it was. People shot into each other's car, missed each other, 
But the one dude shot the other dude's 14-year-old daughter, and the other dude shot the other dude's 5-year-old kid. Jesus. So y'all trying to, sh- like, you got kids in the car acting like this? <laughs> I mean, what is wrong with people, man? I say that once or twice a day. Like, what is wrong with people? Yeah. I just have no idea. Yeah, we've gone down the, the dark hole of ridiculousness, and, and this show kind of points that out, you know, to a certain degree, while also having, I mean, there's just some random weird crap that happened to these people that is funny i mean that that you will there are some moments of laughing it's very clever and written very very well but it's in that if you've if anybody listening has ever seen barry from hbo or even like american psycho it's that type of dark comedy where you know you got to find certain things humorous and find the the humor in certain situations to appreciate something like that because it's not laugh out loud like right in your face blatant obvious humor all right, so are you recommending that we watch this? I would, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, okay. All right, all right, all right. And it, it's one of the highest rated things. I mean, it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Which is insane. I don't know that I've, I've ever seen that. And that's, the critics, I think, are at 100%, and the audience is like 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this thing has been out for two weeks. So a lot of people have watched this, and it's it's well done. And I enjoyed it. Well, shoot, that's, that's, I mean, you're a good judge of shows, man. So that, that matters. That's important. Yeah, and there's a lot on television now. I mean, there's so much that comes out and, and so much that people, you know, we add stuff to our Netflix list all the time and try to, to swing back around and watch it. And then with the Stars playoffs going on now, that's going to take up some of our viewing time. Still trying to watch some Rangers from time to time and then everything else. It's just a lot, man. When you, you try to find that, we added... Something else on Netflix, there's a, there's a documentary about the Boston City Marathon bombing. It's a three-part documentary. Yeah. That looked cool. So I put that on the list to check out, but I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't seen it either. Uh, it should be fascinating, though. It's amazing that somebody could blow up something like that, and then they still be able to figure out who did it. You know what I mean? It yeah. seems like with all those people there, the kind of random nature of a bomb that it wouldn't take them but so long to figure out, oh, here's, here's how it went down, here's how they did it. And that, to me, that, that forensic stuff that they do to find that out is amazing. Yeah, it is. It is impressive, to say the least, man. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Some of those documentaries, they, they've gotten so good because I remember watching the one about the Waco thing, and that was fascinating. That was on Netflix like a couple weeks back that had a bunch of stuff in there that I had forgotten about. And, you know, all that stuff, the anniversary of all that is happening right now. A lot of those, I, I, I call the last several days death week because of all the major historical things that have happened in American history. You know, you go back to April 12th, which was the start of the Civil War, and you wrap up on April 20th, which many people will remember. Obviously, that's Hitler's birthday. And then, of course, Columbine happened on that date. You had the Oklahoma City bombing that happens on April 19th. You had Waco that happened on April 19th. Just all these different things that happened because the Boston City Marathon thing, I, I want to say, happened on, it was either the 17th or the 18th. I think it might have been April 18th. Right. The anniversary of that, man. But all these just random weird things like the Lincoln assassination happened in the last few days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, it, it, it's it's FDR it randomly died in the in history during the last few days. I mean, all these different, like, massive historical events that have kind of death around them is, we got to get past April 20th, and then we'll be okay, I think. Yeah, let's, let's try to do it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my sister's birthday. 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's kind of random. I don't know why. I just I, sometimes I think about stuff like that. And it's just uh, dates have always stuck in my mind for history. I don't know why. The Titanic yeah. sank, you know, in the, in, the, in the last few days. So just stuff Jeez. like that, man. Yeah. Like weird, random stuff. Well, I would expect nothing less from a McLaren. Yeah. Yeah. Something random and weird that I just uh, my brain won't <laughs> let go of. And I don't know why. That's just how it is for me, man. So that's Probably where it's at. So elsewhere, as we continue forth, the Texas Rangers doing some things. And I got to tell you, we find out Corey Seager. We talked about this last week. He's out for a month. <laughs> yeah. And then last night, Jacob deGrom, you know, this timed out well because the Rangers are going to play and the Stars play later at night. We'll get to them. But Jacob deGrom is dealing, man. I mean, he is dominant in the first four innings. No hit ball. The Royals have no prayer. And then all of a sudden comes the announcement. He's got wrist soreness, and he's done, and they pull him from the game. And immediately, of course, you freak out and you go, <laughs> my thought was just please let it just maybe he misses a start, and it's nothing serious, and it's just this is, for whatever reason, Jacob deGrom just gets hurt randomly. <laughs> the good news is we find out late last night, and I actually I thought this was kind of interesting and, and smart of him you find out that it wasn't a big deal, that he had just experienced some wrist soreness after he had thrown 58 pitches. He's going to be reevaluated this week. But he even basically said that he felt something in the side of his wrist as he warmed up, but thought it would go away as he got loose. It didn't. He didn't have any issues with it. But he said that he, it wasn't the soreness that bothered him. He was afraid that he would start adjusting his mechanics and that right, it, right. it could hurt him or he would do something to hurt himself worse. So he let him know about it and they went ahead and pulled him out. And I was like, man, you know, that's really smart for a guy like that. Okay, you know what? I'm feeling this. I don't want to screw it up. And I want to make sure that I'm going to be healthy for my next start and starts after that. So let's go ahead and be super overly cautious on this. Because he, I mean, even DeGrom said, look, I'm honestly not too concerned. I'd like to think I can still make my next my next start. That spot doesn't seem too concerning. Could I have kept going? Probably. But it was lingering. And I was like, hey, I just want to play this safe. And I applaud the player for doing that. Nah, man, there's nothing wrong with that. I think, um, but it's just weird, man, because uh, I'm kind of like in your boat. I was doing some stuff yesterday. I said, oh, the Rangers are around. Let me check the score. And so I went to, I said, oh, they're up 4-0, but, you know, that's not enough for a guy like me. So I went to the box so I could see, you know, kind of how they got up 4-0. And uh, Major League Baseball has got a good app. So you can, you can get, you can glean quite a bit in a few minutes from yeah. looking at the app because they got all the, replays of the key plays right there without having to sit through a 15 second ad every time so it's really good but anyway i'm looking at the box and i go okay they're up four nothing bottom of the eighth this is good let me see who's dealing tonight and i go to grom okay all right the grom's out there four innings i said oh shit what happened to him and then i started tooling around twitter and google and says oh it's got wrist soreness i go okay that doesn't sound too bad but my other thought was man we gotta put it with this stuff all year yeah, you know what I'm saying. Just anytime he's got a hangnail, it's going to be well. Is he about to be out for the season, or is just just a minor inconvenience? Because um, after that first start, he's been killing folks. Now, uh, I mean, I think he's got the Royals twice, and they're not very good, so that could skew it a little bit. But he's been dominant, man. He's been everything you want from an ace. Yes, he has been, and. and- 
the hope is, hey, he's, he's going to be okay. He's going to be good moving forward. We shall see. The other positive here is over the weekend, the Rangers took two out of three in Houston, which is the first time they've won a series on the road in Houston in five years, which is fantastic and a great sign of what this team can be. Now, I think it's uh, like, see, here's what I do. Like, okay, they haven't won a series there in five years. Dang, but one or two guys on this team who've experienced all of those losses or most of those losses. So, but we know that in sports, but it's, you have in sports, it's almost like you, you got to carry the baggage of the other previous teams or coaches or players before you, uh, even though you ain't got nothing to do with it. So this team went in, and this is, I mean, dude, if you just look at the names on the back of the jerseys, this should be a pretty good team. Yeah. Not a great team, but a pretty good team. And so they went down there and played pretty good baseball. The only game they lost, even that had some flukiness to it because John Gray left early when he got hit with a comebacker. Um, we said this a week ago. This is not breaking news. It just reinforces what we already know. They got really good starting pitching. If you got really good starting pitching, you're going to win. I mean, it's just you're going to win series, which in turn will help you get, you know, ultimately 15 games over 500, 10 games over 500, yeah. whatever, because you're, if you got really quality starting pitching, the odds are – Again, I ain't breaking no news, but the odds are you're going to have very few long losing streaks, but the opportunity to have very long winning streaks, you know, of five, six, seven games is very high because you have good starting pitching, which means for the most part, you're going to be in every game. Yes, there'll be an occasional sloppy defensive performance. There'll be an occasional starting pitcher gets rocked. But for the most part, you're going to be in every game and you're going to have a chance to win. Yeah, and then you look at this, I mean – they're 10 and 6, man. And and granted it's an early start, but it's a hell of a lot better than what we've seen in recent years. They lead the division by 2 right now. How is this going to play out? I look, Houston's going to turn around and they're going to be just fine. They they haven't had the greatest of starts. But I'll take 10 and 6 every year. I mean that that's a nice start. You got two more on the road against Kansas City this week. You got three against Oakland coming up. Then you got the Reds coming in. That's an opportunity to stack some wins before you end the month of April with that big four-game series with the Yankees coming into town. And like you talked about with the pitching, I mean, Heaney's been fantastic. DeGrom has been fantastic. We've seen Perez, who's been out there a couple of times and has had some good stuff. I mean, this is... John Gray's been good. Yeah, I mean, everybody. And we talked about this. If the staff stays healthy, and it's very early in the season... There's 16 games in, man, which means they've got, what, that's 144 more games to go. But if the staff can stay healthy, what you are seeing from this Rangers team is not fluky. This is not, oh, they got off to a hot start. This is what they are. Yeah, and uh, if they can get some more maturity from their offense, a little more consistency from their offense, Yeah, uh, you know, they'll be in that 88 to 90 range, 90 win range, and that means a trip to the playoffs in all likelihood. The other thing with the Rangers, and I'm curious what you thought about this because I was excited to see the City Connect uniforms when they were released on Monday. I, I own one of the baby, the powder blue, baby blue, whatever you want to call that, Sunday jerseys that they wear. And I wear that from time to time while I'm watching a game. And I was like, you know what? Do I invest in the City Connect? Because if it's really cool, I might. Like, if I was a Padres fan, I sure as hell would have bought that one that they did, which looks like the 1980s threw up on a baseball jersey, and it's fantastic. But <laughs> they unveiled this, and I got to say, they were the 16th team to unveil a City Connect jersey. 
to me, and maybe this is just I, this proves that I've gotten older. These are boring as hell, and I don't. I'm not into it at all. No, I mean they're just, uh, you know, they're they very bland. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think they were probably trying to go for a clean, basic look. Oh, they hit basic. Yeah, you're you're not really feeling it. What about these black pants? These black britches they're wearing. Well, apparently they're dark blue britches. Oh, is that what they are? Yes, they're dark blue, and they've they got look a, like a softball uniform. Yeah, they do, and they've got a, a a rope braid on the side of the pant. And the thing of it is, and this is what I think. Okay, I get it because they like everything on the jersey. Apparently, is a throwback to old school Dallas baseball and Fort Worth baseball to bring the cities together. Awesome. I don't want to walk around. Hey, what what is that? Is that a T and an X on there? Oh yeah. So this is the old font that used to be used. Oh okay. Yeah. And then the number is the old font from this. What's that thing on the sleeve? What animal is that? Oh, that it's it's called a peagle. They invented it, and it's a combination of. Who the hell's going to do that? <laughs> what the hell is a peagle? This a is eagle stupid. And what? It's an eagle and a panther, I believe. Okay. Why? And so okay. Well, quit trying to be original. Just put a griffin on there. Well, see, but, and, and that's part of the thing where, you know, and the Rangers had to put out this thing where they had to explain the entire thing. So everybody understood why the jerseys are this way. And, and again, maybe I'm off here. And when we see them in person, because they're going to wear them on Friday, then maybe I'll get into it. And I'm like, OK, you know, they look clean. They look better than I anticipated. But the Peagle is a mythical creature, which is a blend of the Dallas Eagles and the Fort Worth Panthers, who are two of the old school baseball clubs in the DFW area. So they just made this up. Yes. <laughs> the TX on the front is influenced by the gothic lettering of the Dallas Eagles logo with the spur honoring the DFW spurs. Oh, is that what that little thing is? Yes. In case you were wondering. <laughs> I was. Now, look, again... <laughs> The Dallas Eagles were the first team in the Texas League to integrate. The Fort Worth Cats have some stuff on here because the numbers were inspired by a coin commemorating a Fort Worth Cats season. I mean, what? <laughs> hey, man. I, uh, whatever. I see what they did here. I see what they were trying to do. But, you know, They don't put the players' names aren't on these at all. And then, like, down by where you, most guys are going to tuck it in like this, and I don't even know if you would see this on the field, but it also says dream the big dream on it, and that's something apparently that is an old school thing back when they brought the Rangers to Arlington in 72. That's what the management group, Vandergriff, I think was his name, if I recall right, like way back, he was the right. one that, you know, he had said that when they brought the – the Texas Rangers from Washington to Arlington, essentially. I, I mean, mean, I it, get all of it. I, I mean, do I too, but it's, it's just, uh, who, who wants to explain all that to somebody? Who cares? I think uh, it's just your boy here. Uh, the blue pants are throwing me off. I think if you're going just baseball look, just go with the regular white or cream or whatever. Match the top with the pants, put a little blue piping stripe down the side. And if you want to keep the socks blue, I think it probably would have been a cleaner look. And wouldn't look so much like a softball uniform. I don't really mind the top set much, but there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of moving parts to it. I don't want to think that hard about the uniform. I do not either, man. I, I'm not. It's just I don't get it. I was hoping it would be more of that red or like the blue that they normally incorporate, and you did something with that. You know, something that was bright and popped really well. These are bland and. 
I, it just feels like, oh, you know what? Hey, let's let's take a muted uniform, but we can add all these cool little features and then we'll explain what it is. And everybody will think that's really cool. And yes, reality of it is, no one cares. <laughs> you are correct, I believe, my friend. Because, man, you go and you look at some of the other City Connect uniforms that have been released. Hell, Houston's is cool, where it says Space City on the front and then those dark blue that have the orange on it and whatnot. You know, Colorado's is cool, where it's kind of like the forest green representing the trees of Colorado and has the mountain design on it. And then, you know, the Atlanta Braves, which came out earlier in April, theirs are fantastic. And it's like a throwback to some of the classic colors of the Braves and then just has a big A on it. And they it's for the A. And it's like, okay, that looks good. And then the Rangers like, well, you may not know what that is on the front, but let us explain to you that we took this logo and combined it with this. And that's why it's really neat. All right, so Colorado looks all right. I see that. I see that. I'm peeping that. Yeah, Colorado's a solid. I mean, the Royals. I mean, it's. I I, I literally I would put every every other team City Connect uniform ahead of the Rangers. <laughs> all of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, this looks like the old Braves uniform. Yeah, which is a cool look. Jazzed it up a little bit, dude. Go look at the San Diego Padres City Connect. Which is that weird <laughs> hypercolor neon like blend yeah, of '80s pastels? God, I love I was it. Say that that pastel look there—that's something Taylor would wear. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm not feeling the Rangers so much. No, man, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I'm. I'm. It, it's just. It's a shame that that's what they threw out. When you look at some of the other ones, I, I just. I don't get it, man. Oh, that's nice. The Kansas City—they got kind of like the yep. waterfall. In yeah, KC Kansas City's very cool. The Marlins looks cool and pops really nicely. Okay, Matt, we we get it, man. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Everybody but the Rangers. All right, all right. Uh, Let me give it the ultimate test. Let me see what their, uh, what their, uh, if they got a, uh, if they got a hoodie that looks better. Because you know I'm a hoodie guy. Yeah. So if you don't like these, apparently Nike's thing is they're doing City Connects for teams. Every three years. So they'll have a new City <laughs> Connect jersey coming out in 2026. Oh, okay, cool. That's something we can look forward to. Right. Yippee! Because right now I'm just going to stick with my, my powder blues, man. No, they don't have a hoodie for that. Some of them they got hoodies for, but the Rangers, they do not. Oh, well. Yeah, and it's it's what it is. Like I said, going to check out the game this weekend. Going to see. Maybe when you see them in the field and not at bat and on TV, they pop and they look better. I don't know. But just from what I've seen so far, I mean, massive thumbs down on the City Connects. Wow. I don't know if I got a massive thumbs down. I could do without the blue pants. Everything else I can kind of live with, but the blue pants give it a softball look. And so I can't rock with it. Not a massive thumbs down, just a thumbs down. All right. Well, fair enough. I can tell you something that you can give a thumbs up to, though, and that is HFX Foundation Repair. If, if you're finding some problems, you got some sticking doors, you got cracks in your walls, your ceilings, that type of thing. Maybe you've noticed some soil washout. All that can contribute to a sign of your foundation may have a problem. And in North Texas, you guys know this. You don't want to screw with that, man. Now, the good news is HFX Foundation Solutions services all of Dallas-Fort Worth. They can also help with drainage problems on your property. They do gutter installations. Anything to help your foundation, they can help you out with. They're local. They're family-owned. You got to give Aaron and his crew a call. It's a free, no obligation inspection. So they can come out and it takes about 45 minutes. They'll check it out, see what's going on. Maybe you got a problem. The earlier you catch it, the more you'll save. 
Maybe you don't. And Aaron's guys, will they'll look at you and say, hey, you're good. Thanks for giving us a call. We see what you were talking about, but you got no problems right now. Especially as we embark on another, you know it's going to be a miserably hot summer in DFW. You want to make sure you don't have any issues. Give HFX Foundation Solutions a call. Dude, and the reason why you do it, and, and we, we joke about it a lot, but it's real, man. We call it a cold nuts before you create and that's because there's some things that can go on inside your house that leads to those, those stuck doors and those stuck windows that could lead to house trauma that you never see coming, man. And so if you have Aaron and his team come over there and give it the once over, give it that colonoscopy before you creep, you don't get surprised by anything, man. You can pick up these things early. And if something is wrong, they can catch it. And we all know the deal, man. If you catch something early, it costs a fraction of the cost of, if you catch it late. So have Aaron and his team come over. Have Aaron and his team give you home the once over. Have Aaron and his team give you that colonoscopy for the crib that provides that peace of mind. It's easy to do. Make it happen. It's 817-770-0174. Check them out online, hfxfoundation.com. So the Dallas Stars have started their playoff series against the hated Minnesota Wild. Watched the game last night, and at the end of regulation, I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm, and this is ridiculous, and they do this for TV, and Dallas somehow always gets screwed. It feels like Dallas teams get screwed unless they're the Cowboys. <laughs> These are two teams in the central time zone that had an 8.50 central time puck drop, which means most hockey games take two and a half hours to complete. Because, and and generally speaking, I mean, for those that are unaware, hockey, 20-minute periods, there's going to be some stoppages in the periods, and then you throw in the intermission. Generally, from the puck drop to the start of the second period is about an hour. So you have that for the first, you have that for the second, that's two hours, and then the 20-minute third usually takes about half an hour. But last night at 1130, I'm sitting here looking at this, I go, okay, they're going to overtime. It's going to be 20 minutes until they take the, or, you know, 18 minutes until they take the ice again. Unless they score really quick, this game is going well past midnight. And <laughs> as long as I wake up early and I don't look at my phone or anything, I'll have no idea what happened. I'll just watch the finish in the morning. So that's why I did this morning. I woke up early and man, was I glad I went to bed because the stars <laughs> end up going deep into the double overtime and losing, which is the worst. When you stay up late to watch a game and they lose, Bro, then you're yes. pissed off. And you're like, wow, God, I could have gone to bed an hour and a half ago. So I'm glad that I went to bed. And we live in the world with technology where you can just watch it and it's easy. And I was excited. I didn't know what was going to happen. It's unfortunate to me, a couple of things from this. The stars started a little slow. And I thought Minnesota was probably the better team in the first period. I would agree with that. Outside of that, Dallas was, I thought, the better team for the other four periods of hockey, except for the little, when Pavelski went down, it really took some air out of the stars. And for that handful of minutes there, Minnesota was the better team. But that's what sucks about losing. They were easily the better team the third period, the first overtime, and the second overtime. They got a bad puck bounce off the boards in the second overtime that went right to Minnesota, and he was point blank in front of the net that put it in, and Minnesota wins game one in double overtime, and it was a bummer. It was definitely a bummer. Uh, I think Minnesota's goalie had 51 saves. It's not like the Stars didn't put the puck in the net. They had a great shot in the, I think it was second overtime, empty net kind of, uh, and my boy shot it right over the net, right over the crossbar. Uh, You got to bury those, man, in the playoffs. Uh, But... uh, they played well. 
So, you know, it happens. It's hockey, man. The puck bounces funny. Goalies can get hot. And uh, now you just got to come out and win game two because you ain't interested in going down 2-0-2 headed to Minnesota. So uh, they'll come out with the fire, uh, play a better first period, maybe get off to a lead, and then see what they can do. But that Pavelski thing is, uh, you know, that's real, man. It looked – I mean, I ain't bringing no news here. It looked like he had a concussion. Oh, he uh, definitely I, did. I think he was unconscious for a while. Yeah, I would not expect him to play in game two. And, you know, concussion means he's got to go through some kind of protocol. And hockey being as physical as it is, bro, I could see him missing, you know, games two, three, and four pretty easily. Yep. I would not be surprised at all if he doesn't play for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, that's essentially what I'm saying. Yep. That that wouldn't surprise me at all given the, uh, given the nature of the blow and given the nature of the sport where it's a very physical sport. I mean, it's damn near football on, on ice. And so you can't walk around with a brain injury or be less than 100% or you'll, you'll catch another one. Yeah, and that the hit, I thought, was... I understand why they took away the five-minute major because he did not leave his feet completely. I mean, you can go back and watch the replay. His one foot... Now, he got up on his toe, but he both skates never left the ice completely. It was a shoulder-to-shoulder hit. He didn't hit him in the head. It's just unfortunate because I thought it was late. And, and they kept saying, well, in slow motion, you know, you can tell. I was like, I, I thought it was late when they go, now watch it in real time. I was like, I mean, that's still late to me. I, I don't know. Yeah. Pavelski had gotten rid of the puck. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's tough, and I know hockey is a fast game, but, man, you don't want things like that to happen. It really sucked as well, and I thought the refs completely botched this because even if you want to say, okay, fine, you break it down, whatever, it was a bang-bang play, it's what it is, it's hockey. The the real problem that I had was Dumba, who had the hit on Pavelski, now Max Domi comes in, he's he's right by him, and he just goes ballistic on him and and drops his gloves (laughs) and is pounding him. The problem that I have is, 97 skates over Kaprizov, who's the Wild's best player, and throws himself on top of Domi and starts trying to pull him off and hitting him. How in the world that wasn't a third man in? I do not understand that. Dude, you're exactly right. I had that initial thought when I saw it. I was like, damn, look at this dude piling on here. Uh, He's got to get the third man in, bro, because, I mean, hockey's got these rules of etiquette and fighting, and he certainly broke it. Yeah, and I don't know what, how in the world that wasn't called. I, I, I don't understand how they didn't call that. It, it made no sense to me, and I wish that they had explained something like that because that's a game misconduct. I mean, that, that, the reality of it, because the ref was trying to break it up, and, that, and he like basically gets in between the ref and Domi and starts hitting Domi trying to yank him. I mean, I just was like, how? That's the egregious miss. I thought it was... And again, you look at this with Stars' glasses on, of course, but I thought they they got two tripping penalties in overtime and the Stars had a couple power play opportunities. They missed two other egregious tripping penalties, including the one on Tyler Sagan at the end of the first overtime. How right. in the and there I was like, how in the world that's not a tripping penalty? And I thought it was really interesting how the refs let some of that go and then would randomly decide to call. It's almost as if they go, well, okay, we didn't call the other two. Man, we're going to have to call this one. It's like, look, it's either a penalty or it isn't. And I thought last night the refs, it was unfortunate because there was a couple of penalties that were called that weren't consistent throughout. 
because you go back and you look at a couple of the penalties that were called on the stars and then the wild would do something like that and didn't get called for the same thing that was i just it it was odd to me because usually in hockey i'm like you know whatever it's hockey you got to play but if you're going to call it on one side you really need to be consistent and call some of those same types of penalties on the other side without it being blatantly as obvious which it seemed like they were waiting for Minnesota to do the stars, but it wasn't the flip side of that with Dallas. Yeah, now you know me, man. I don't get too caught up in the officiating. I think it's usually uh, it evens out along the way, um, and it sucks uh, when when you lose a game in double overtime like that when you see all the calls it missed. But there's also opportunities along the way where you had to win it, and they just didn't make them tonight. That last night, um, Stars got a really good team. I was glad to see Robertson score. Um, and I say that because we've seen it before where you can have a great regular season, and then if you don't get off to a fast start in the playoffs, it can really get in your head. So I was glad to see him get, get the puck in the net. They just they played a good game. They just happened to lose. Um, now they need to play another good game and make sure that they win. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be down 2-0 going on the road, so you got to win this one no. at, at home on yeah, a Wednesday yeah. night. You have to. And look, Minnesota's a good team as well. You knew it was going to be a physical series. Their goaltender making his first playoff stop was fantastic. I, I I thought Ottinger was fantastic. I mean, Ottinger made some saves in overtime that were just insane. Dude. Where I thought the game was going to be Dude. over. You know, the only that goals he gave good. up. Yeah, the only goals he gave up. He gave up the one on the breakaway, which is 50-50. He gave up the one in double overtime where, you know, the dude's standing. The puck just happens to come to him point blank in front of the goal. And then, of course, the other one that they scored, the Wild did, on a power play opportunity through traffic that was deflected. So... He was really, really good and made some crazy good saves. And they're going to have to bring it again. And, you know, for them to do what they did, especially because they, people, you got to realize this in game one, because Domi got a 10 minute misconduct. So they didn't have two of their forwards for 10 full minutes of the game. And then, of course, Hmm. once Pavelski went down about half the game, they played one forward down. And that's what sucks yeah. when a guy gets hurt and can't come back because it screws up your rotation and your lines aren't the same. And Pavelski's a wing on their top line, and they lost him. So it, I'd be shocked if he plays again anytime in the next couple of games. You just hope he's okay and that he can right. – it's not super, super serious where if the Stars are able to extend the series deep or advance that he can continue in this postseason. Because this is yeah. one of those things, quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play again in this series. I didn't want to go that far, but again, when you got a concussion the way it looked like he got concussed, nothing would surprise me in terms of how long he's out because that thing is serious and you got sensitivity to light and balance and equilibrium. And then again, what? You don't want to put yourself in a position where you're at less than 100% uh, and so that you get popped again and now you've got it you know, kind of back to back and now you're out for like a month of the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, and so we'll see how it goes. The Stars, they got a game Wednesday night in Dallas. They got a game Friday night in Minnesota. It's going to be a good series. I've seen some people that have picked the Stars to win the Cup, some that have picked them to get out of the West, and some that have picked Minnesota to win this series and and end the Stars early. But as you mentioned, they're a really good team. This is a better Stars team than the one that we saw last year. They got a goalie that's capable of taking them deep, and they've got scoring in bunches, and they've got a deep blue line. This is a very good Dallas Stars team. Now you just got to figure out a way to win four out of the next six. Yes, sir. And I hope they do because it would be a colossal bummer if they do not get past this series. I'll tell you that because they're good, man. 
and you don't get a lot of opportunities where everybody's healthy and you're feeling solid and everybody's together like this. The, the good news is Ottinger's not going anywhere. Jason Robinson's not going anywhere. Haskinen's not going anywhere. They've got Wyatt Johnson's here now. Harley, they've got a really good young core. And now they have some of that veteran presence with the Pavelski, a Ben, a Sagan that's kind of around that. But this, this, this young core is the next generation of Stars hockey that should grow together over the next few seasons. And this is a team that's not going to be going anywhere. This is a team that'll be relevant and should be a playoff Stanley Cup contender for the next handful of seasons. Nothing wrong with that. I could literally enjoy that. There's nothing wrong with that at all, man. I will very much enjoy that. I can get into some playoff hockey now. I mean, I've only gotten to see them maybe four or five times this year because it's, like I've said, they don't play a ton on national television. But when they've played, I've had an opportunity to watch them. They're fun to watch because they score a hell of a lot more than they did in the old system. And they've got guys all over the ice that can put the puck in the net, which is fantastic. And they've got some speed, too. Right, right, right. They're just fun as hell to watch. Hell yeah. I enjoy it. That, my friends, is a Jam Session podcast. Hope everybody enjoyed this one. We'll have another one for you coming up on Friday as we move on into the final few days before the NFL draft next week, which is going to be fun. I'm, this is going to be a wild draft, man. I think this is going to be a wild draft because I have no idea what the Cowboys are going to do at 26. Not just that, but now there's uh, Adam Schefter talking about not only is uh, Bryce Young going number one, but there's some talk that Houston may take the linebacker from Alabama number two. Will Anderson? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. I saw Schefter say the other day that he doesn't think another quarterback will go in the top four, that it'll just be Bryce Young. And I thought, man, that's – and again, Schefter's tied in, but it's interesting. So are some of these other guys that do this stuff, and no one else is saying or mocking anything like that. Nope, nope, nope. Very, very interesting. I thought it was as well. And, and it's, it's not like Schefter is the be-all, end-all, but that was wild that he was the only person throwing that out. Well, sometimes you got to stand alone. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you do. We'll see how it turns out, man. But that would be very telling if it's young and other teams pass on those guys that they just don't think that they're really the answer, especially right. if Houston passes on a quarterback at two. Bro, that, that'll be wild now. Because they still need one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if anybody's told Houston this. You got to get a quarterback somewhere along the way. So I, I, that's, that's very interesting. If Houston passes on a quarterback at two, that, it, that would be, that, that'd be stunning. That it really would be to me. No, I would, uh, I would agree wholeheartedly about that, bro. I don't think that's happening. We'll see. Time will tell. We're getting closer. That's the podcast, guys. Appreciate y'all. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.